Welcome everyone to another episode of DM Truth and Tech. I'm Mario Alvarado. And I'm Daniel Escalante. We are super glad you could join in on the conversation for Church Talk today. We ask that you could please subscribe and rate us and also follow us on Twitter with our Twitter handle DM Truth Tech. Don't forget to check out our website at dmtruthtech.org where you can find all of our podcast notes, recommendations, and any of our contact info. All right, man. I think last 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 talk was good. Church talk last week. It was excellent. Um, yeah, I, I learned good, a lot. Yeah, man. We got good feedback on that one too. I think it's it's something that's you know necessary for the churches. A lot of people don't. I mean, there are, people are talking about it. We said it. Other podcasts talk about measuring success and stuff like that. As a matter of fact, I got this. Uh, we got this from a tip member from Brady Shear. We both listen. By the way, our audience know um, Daniel and I. We like uh, Brady Shear. He's. Uh, Sheer or Sheer? I don't know. One of those, yeah. I think one it's Sheer, though. Sheer. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sheer. So uh, he brought up one of those tips. Uh, if you guys want to check out like technology and stuff like that, talk about church, he's got a good thing going um, in his YouTube channel uh, concerning technology and church stuff. So anyway, um, we talked about measuring church success. Yes. And I thought that I thought that was good. What did you think, bro? I mean, bring us some I of the points that, was, that we brought. Yeah, I thought it was excellent. Um, I think some of the things that we touched on was that it's not about the numbers only. Mm, all right. It's yep. you know, a successful church is not be, is not the one that has the most numbers. Um, yeah. and that it's tied very closely into the baptisms and how we perceive that sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, we see you know, the more successful church is, it means that they have to have the most baptisms or as many baptisms as possible. Um, when that is not really the case, um, it's yeah. not just about baptisms. It also, what what also matters is the discipleship process, you know, and how many of those that are baptized actually stay with us. Sometimes that number might be even more important and even more indicative of a church's mm. health than the number of baptisms. Yep. Um, yeah, definitely. And when, you know, we're not saying that numbers don't matter because they do, you know, it's part of evangelism and it's part of, you know, measuring just where we are. Um, yeah. We definitely need to maybe get away from the perception that that is what indicates our success. Yes, exactly. Um, That's the main yes. thing because people, I've, I've seen churches also go on the other extreme, like, oh no, you know, we're just doing, you know, we're, we're just doing our thing here at church and like one yeah. baptism every 10 years. It's like, bro, something's happening. Like evangelism yeah, is going to exactly. happen too. Exactly. One baptism absolutely. for every ten years, like something's happening, or, or actually nothing's happening. <laughs> you need to address yeah. that issue. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. So it's definitely. Yeah. Definitely don't want to go into that extreme. Um, and I think we said the we ended that one of the things that would help is starting with a vision. You know, casting a solid, oh, yeah. clear vision for everybody involved. Um, that just lets people know what you're about. And um, definitely, yeah. I think you even had a quote. A D.L. Moody once said that our greatest fear should not be at failure, but of succeeding at something that doesn't really matter. Mm. That's deep. Bro, that thing, <laughs> that thing is deep, bro. And uh, one of the reasons is this. there's I've seen churches that are super busy, mm -hmm. super busy, very busy. They, they're, they're active. They're doing a lot of things, but there's no vision. Mm-hmm. So they're they're just filling the calendar with events and with things to do, mm -hmm. and 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 they don't they grow, but it's very minimal. The other, you know, the youth are still leaving. Mm -hmm. It's very and, unstable. 
it's very unstable yeah. and people are saying but we're busy but you know we're active but mm-hmm. it's not just about that there's a number of elements that need to come together for a vision to be set exactly and yeah and if this vision isn't clear, if the elements that are needed to evaluate of the church that we're going to say, okay, we need to evaluate this, we need to evaluate this and make sure that we're succeeding. If they don't, if they're not clear, then you might be succeeding, but as something that doesn't really matter. In other words, you can be busy, but just because you're busy doesn't mean you're progressing. Mm, exactly. Just because you're busy doesn't mean you're necessarily doing something meaningful. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, you could have Pathfinders, you can have all these things. But Mm -hmm. then, you know, if you're spending thousands and thousands of dollars in your Pathfinders programs and you only baptize like the only only kids that you get baptized are like those that are growing up Mm -hmm. and there's no evangelism and like you need to start evaluating things like, wait a minute, you know, we might be busy, we might be doing things, but is it, is it the, but then if you have nothing to evaluate, if you have no vision to, to compare it to that becomes difficult. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, definitely those are important things that we touched on in our last episode. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to that, definitely go hear it. It's worth a listen. Um, And we just talk about, we go a little bit more in depth into all of those things. Um, And so today we want to bring you part two of this same conversation. Uh, We want to go even more uh, in depth with this. And so, um, yeah, let's take a look at some of the other things to consider uh, to measure the success of a church. I I think one of the problems to start off with uh, is that sometimes the leaders are not all on the same page. Mm, Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Everyone's kind of like doing their own thing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. So everyone has their vision of what church success should look like. Mm Mm-hmm. Some people think that a church is successful, especially in the Adventist circle. I'm sorry, I'm bringing out the Pathfinder thing right now. I'm just bringing it, it's just, it's just coming to my mind, <laughs> but I'll, do, I'll use it again. Like some people might think, okay, if your church is successful, if you have a good youth ministry, but some people think that youth ministry is only Pathfinders. So they'll have a great Pathfinder youth ministry and they might be known for that. But when it comes to young adults, if you look throughout the years, the church has been at an all-time low for the past 10, 15 years. So one person might be measuring success thinking, oh, well, our Pathfinders program is good and our church must be successful. Our church is looking good, right? Mm, yes. But then you look at the young adults and you say, wait, but we, don't, we haven't had young adults like in the past 10, 15 years, which is telling us that the Pathfinders grow and then they leave. They, they basically grow out of the church. Mm. So then the, what I'm saying is not that Pathfinders is wrong. What I'm saying is that the measure of success that one person or one leaders or a group of leaders had is different to one that the one that thinks that the young adult should be there has. Exactly. And yeah. when, they're, when they're not synced, when they're not on the same page, mm-hmm. everyone's just going to be working for their own thing. Yeah. And it just brings out a lot of clashes. It just makes things, I guess, a little bit unproductive too. Uh, if you think about it, yeah, um, it does. And yeah, especially, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, maybe even to like any kind of meeting where, you know, those competing ideas are present. Um, yeah, we just kind of like slow everything down. And so if anything, uh, part of, I guess, what would be the cause of that incremental growth um, is, yeah, just the fact that they're not everybody is on the same page. You know, everybody is trying to do their own thing, um, which is different from how Jesus ministered. 
right? He had yeah. 12, uh, he had his disciples and he made sure that they were on the same page. Um, and, exactly. and yeah, when even when a couple of them would try to deviate or something or, you know, presented something that was contrary to his vision of ministry, he made sure to check them, you know, in that moment. He's like, no, you know, that's not what we're about. Um, you know, my kingdom is not of this world. You know, it is, um, you know, the success that I am envisioning is not the same as the success that you are thinking of. Um, I believe one of my professors, oh. yeah, brought it up that um, when Jesus, by the time Jesus came, uh, the perception that the people had of the Messiah was that he was going to free them uh, politically, right? He wanted, he was going to, you know, set up his kingdom on earth, free them from the Roman oppression. Yeah. Um, and that's what yeah. they were expecting. But when Jesus showed up, it, he had to correct that vision because that's not what he was intending to do. Um, his vision wasn't just for the people there. He had come for the entire world, you know, past, present, and future. Mm. And so, um, so yeah, definitely, it, it we need to be on the same page. It helps that everyone's on the same. When the disciples, they were all fighting for their own thing, right? Mm. Their own benefit. Yes, but Jesus came and he said, no, you all have, I have to wash all you guys' feet now mm -hmm. because I have to redirect the vision. When I leave, you guys are going to wash people's feet. So they were looking out for their own thing. And I think sometimes in churches, each director or each uh, leader of each ministry is looking out for their own ministry. But that happens because there's no set vision. There's nothing that they're all, they all came together and said, this is what we're going to work for. No matter what the ministry is, this is our end. This is what we want to look Oh, we want to be 15, 10 years from now, right? This is this is the church we want to be. Yeah, exactly. And then all ministries can lead up to that. So that's the first thing. Everyone has to be on board on the same thing. If not, um, I think that's a conversation people need to start having or pastors or, you know, leaders, or even if you're a member, you know, bring these conversations up about, are, are we all on the same page of exactly what we want at the church? Mm -hmm. um, sometimes you might be surprised that we're not. Mm -hmm. Um. Other elements, we want to talk about other elements, right? That I think once you have that set, these are elements that I think, at least we think are essential, right? Mm -hmm. To to measuring church success. Uh, in we talked about discipleship. Yes, yeah. Uh, and I, think, you, uh, I think discipleship is one of those that kind of gets forgotten a lot, I guess, or I'm, I'm not sure. I don't think it's forgotten. I think like the goal is always there that we want to make disciples. Um, but I think in our follow-up, like we're not very great at it, I think. Um, we just assume, bro. I yeah. think we just assume yeah. like that yeah. it happens, right? Yes. Like we assume, okay, I gave you Bible studies. You know what's up. You know how Christianity works. So, you know, just do your thing now. Like yeah. <laughs> how we assume that those that we do baptize, we just, you know, it's each person's responsibility to just, hey, you know, read your Bible. Exactly. We yeah. think that that's discipleship. Yeah, and which which is not. I think discipleship goes so much deeper than that. Um, and I think uh, A.W. Tozer, I think he touched on it um, in one of his chapters in the book, uh, The Pursuit of God, where he talked about how our perception of the experience with God is very limited, right? We see it yep. and we teach people as being, it's this one experience, it's this one choice, it's this one moment in your life, you know, where you decide for doing this. And oh, so we're, wow. yeah, so we've prepared them for that one moment, but we've never really wow. taught people how, what it means to be in love with God and have those moments not just happen that one time where you decide, okay, I'm going to get baptized, but when it happens, like even after that, 
you know, weeks later, months later, years later, where you're still having encounters with God. Um, and so we've taught them to be satisfied with just that one moment when God wants to have many moments with us. And so part of having the maturity as a Christian is teaching with that understanding that disciples don't just have one experience with God. They have more than one. And, and mm. so they have, more than, uh, wow. they have more than just that one encounter, for sure. So the question is, what is the church doing to make that happen? Exactly. Because although it is everyone's individual responsibility to establish their relationship with God, I think it's the church's responsibility to guide them to, towards that. Absolutely, yes. And it's, it's definitely important to check ourselves as leaders to see if uh, we've had those experiences. Because sometimes even we ourselves are running off of that one experience. You know, and it's been Ouch. years since we've had that experience <laughs> or any experience with God. And so we really yeah, have to ask that. ourselves, like, when was the last time that we experienced God? You know, because you can't teach from a well that's empty, right? I think that's just uh, that's just the truth uh, of ministry of, of life. You know, you can't teach from a place of emptiness. And, and this might be a hard one because you want to measure that emptiness. Mm, yes. For a church to be successful, you want to measure that. I, I don't know exactly how you can measure that. I would say that small groups is a way of measuring that. Definitely. I could see that. Because when you come together in the small groups, you get to talk about your spiritual life. You get to encourage each other in your spiritual life. You get to measure that. You can get the leaders of the small group to have a feel of how how each member um is doing in their devotional life and how you can encourage that. But I think it is something we need to measure and not to measure for the sake of, you know, of bashing someone because, Hey, your spiritual life, you're, you know, yeah. man, you know, bro, there's, I've, I've heard preachers who will just bash down on the church. Like y'all are, y'all are not spiritual, you know, like go read your Bible more. Yeah. It's not, it's not about that. It's to find ways of, Hey, how can we make sure that our members are growing spiritually? And we need to be able to evaluate that to know we have a successful church. Because again, just because someone is busy doesn't mean they are spiritually maturing. Mm. Look, look at Judas. I mean, oh Judas, having to be having to be the treasure <laughs> of of the group. Yeah, you you cannot stay more busy than that. Yeah, <laughs> but it just it, it, during the time he was being busy, he was just it, it wasn't going great for him you know spiritually speaking he was making spiritual decisions little by little that that although he was giving an appearance of being okay as happens many times with pastors or elders or or any church member deep down inside we're spiritually not mature so that's one way of seeing that the church if the church is being successful too right you need to find a way of measuring that yes definitely um because they can be mature they could be busy but they but you're, it's spiritually they're they're low, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, another element I think that we have to look at. I mean, there's a few. Um, I would say also member involvement. We talked about this quick. I don't think we're gonna go over this too much. But again, like if if you baptized a thousand people, right? Mm -hmm. We already said it's important to know how many stayed. Definitely. Let's say let's say six hundred stayed. Mm -hmm. But out of those six hundred, only like three hundred and fifty are really involved. Mm -hmm. 
that that should tell you something about the church, right? Mm -hmm. Why aren't people being involved? What's wrong with that part of discipleship, right? Why aren't they being involved? Is it our ministries? Is that we don't have a vision? Is it, these are all elements that you need to come together and say, hey, we need to measure these things and, and see how we can work them out. Exactly. So that they can fit into our vision and we can be successful at it, right? Exactly, Having yeah. A successful church. And I think this is important to, to just uh, remind people that this isn't just for, uh, you know, church leaders. This is something that that everyone needs to be aware of, you know, and we're giving you this information so that so that, yeah, you can start thinking about your church and in, in, along these lines. And so maybe find a way where you can see and and even, you know, give a little bit of a push to the mission and the vision um, if you see that your church is lacking in these areas. Um, but, yeah, definitely. And exactly. it will go along with, you know, being involved as a member. I think uh, total yeah. total member involvement is what we what we should aim for. Because another thing, bro, speaking about the numbers, I know that a lot of times, even as pastors, we look at church attendance on Saturdays mm. and we usually measure off of that. We're like, oh, no, we you know, I have a good 100, 200, 300, 500, whatever the number is. Man, we, I got a good group. Okay, yeah, but out of that group, how many are truly really involved? Mm, exactly. So, yeah. so you can look successful if your measuring stick is simply church attendance. Yeah. But- if it's if you start looking deeper, if you really want to evaluate, look at church involvement, and then you'll have really a deeper and more real sense of how successful your church is going. And then you'll know what to do. If it's if you don't got if if it's a huge contrast between those involved and those who come, it tells you there's some work to do there, right? Another thing, measuring church success. This is another one. I, th I think it's clear, right? Um, mm -hmm. I think we've said it before and a lot of people say it. But what if you would give your local community an evaluation paper and your church would go and say, hey, we want the community, we want you guys to evaluate us as a church to see how big of a difference we've made here in the local community. Give us. And my question would be, what what do you think their evaluation would look like? So for example, you're a church. I mean, yeah. this is hypothetically, right? Hypothetically. Yeah, yeah. Hypothetical. You go to the community and you say, hey, evaluate us as a church. Mm, okay. Some communities would be like, we didn't even know there was a church. <laughs> yeah. What church? <laughs> They'd be like, what oh, church? Man. Dude, I mean... But there's others. I mean, what what would that look like? I think that's a good question to ask yourself as church mm -hmm. leaders or as church members. You know, what what on a scale of one to ten on how involved with the community are we? What would the community give us? I think that's another good way of measuring success because when Jesus sent off the church, they they were make the community knew them, man. They were being oh, talked yeah, about. Absolutely. You know, and, and it's knew, not they knew where where they weren't. Right. Ooh, wow. For sure. You know, like if um if Jesus was in another town or if he was in the next town over, then the surrounding towns knew that he wasn't with them and they would go follow, you know, wherever they were. Same thing with the disciples. Yeah. yeah. And so um, so yeah, I think the question becomes then, you know, if your church were to disappear um today, you know, right now, would your community even notice? Mm. You know, and that I think mm. if even just asking that, you know, um, is a good indicator of, you know, where you how you're doing in your mission to. Your I think community. that's a huge one. Yeah, that's a huge element. I mean, it's part of the evangelism. Exactly. Bringing yeah. people. Yeah. But it's, remember, it's not just only about the uh, the baptisms or the numbers. Or the, it's about mm -hmm. how how can we serve our community without 
even getting anything back. How many of those, how many of our members are actively in, would be involved in that? If, if you have a 50 member church and only two do community work and you make the call to community, I, I don't think service is a gift. Service is not a gift. Service is a, it's, it's an, it's a command actually, if we think about it. So don't say like, oh, only two people want to serve. There's different ways of serving. I agree with that. Yeah. You know, there, there's mm-hmm. different ways that you can come about serving but service in of itself is not a gift it's never mentioned as a gift in the bible it's it's actually a command so if only two people are serving the community in your church that that should tell you something about the success are you really being successful then you know is exactly your church really yeah even though your numbers might be high in attendance but how many are actually serving on the community i think we could jump on to the to our last point bro i mean i think that's a good yeah, one. i definitely. mean it's a, general question are people becoming more like jesus period that's a deep question for everyone to think about you know like just wherever you are right now you know are people becoming more like jesus yeah Um, are we ourselves becoming more like jesus you know each time um are the people in our churches around us are they becoming more like jesus um because overall you know that is part of the mission too you know we bring the gospel we introduce the gospel into the community into the lives of people so that there can be that transformation so that more people can look like Jesus looked and act like Jesus acted. Yeah. And you know what's the problem? When we ask that question in Adventism a lot, I think we always go to like, okay, well, Jesus kept the Sabbath. Yeah, we're like Jesus. And I'm just like, oh, I think we're missing the point. Yeah, this goes more to to the issue of the heart. You know, who is sitting on the throne of our hearts? Who is making these decisions? Even just asking ourselves this, you know, like, I think starts to give us a clear picture maybe something already comes to mind but um we know very well you know whenever we're in board meetings or or even just other decision opportunities um i think we have an idea of what which decisions are we're trying to push out of selfish reasons of trying to make ourselves look good or trying to elevate self versus the ones that jesus is actually calling us to make Mm. And I think we just have to be a little mm. bit more honest with ourselves and, and, you know, just ask ourselves like, okay, who is this decision really for? You know, is Ooh. it for the benefit of myself or is it for the benefit of my community, my church? Um, yeah, it's just a deep look, an introspective look at ourselves with this question. It is. And it, it'll help you. That's a question that you can ask and it'll help you, like you said, in different areas. You know, you'll know, mm-hmm. am I doing this for me? Am I being envious? When you ask the self, when you ask yourself, are people becoming more like Jesus in your church? In your church, 90% of the time, you there's problems, um, big issues amongst each other. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that there's not going to be any issues. What I'm saying is the type of issues and how consistent they are. Mm, yes. So yeah. you, you might have a lot of ministries again your church might be busy and and you have quarrels among elders who hate each other uh who hate the pastor who hate other directors you know you guys are divided and you say no you just do this i mean how can you just stay busy and 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 be fighting with your brother and I mean, I can, how can you? How are you going to be in heaven? And he's going to be like, all right, you guys going to be on that side, and we're going to be on this side. Hopefully, I don't have to see your face. You know, as long <laughs> as we're here, as long as we're here with Jesus, just go over there. I mean, I don't know how that works. I, I have no idea how that would work. So, are we being more like Jesus? I think that's a key question to ask ourselves, especially if you're trying to evaluate 
um, the, your success in church, whether you have five members in your church, whether you have a thousand, 10,000, overall, are they becoming more like Jesus? Can people see Jesus? And can the people within mm. the church and can people outside, like you said, the church, look at us and say, dude, those people are, they're like Jesus, man. You know, they yeah, care for one exactly. another. They care for others. Uh, I think that's a good question and specifically. And if your answer is no, I mean, don't get discouraged. Yeah. And and don't just dip and leave, you know, peace. I'm out of here. This is not going to work. <laughs> I don't think that's, <laughs> that's not what we're trying to say. What we're saying yeah. is these the answers to these questions will let you know what to work on. Exactly. And will give you a sense of urgency and will give you a sense of, hey, we need to do this or fix this or go about this, the Holy Spirit will lead you to know. But remember, the Holy Spirit, in order for it to work, we need to be able to acknowledge where mm -hmm. we are at. Exactly. Answering these questions with the most honesty possible is going to bring about the best results. Yep, exactly. So mm -hmm. I think that pretty much concludes our uh, church talk for today, man. Um, yeah. I don't know if you got any last words, but I think it's it's, it's been great. I, we, I encourage, I mean, again, this isn't to, you know, maybe <laughs> you're at a church where all these questions might have a negative outcome for now, but mm -hmm. it's only a way of getting the conversation going and then moving forward to fix them. And so we encourage you guys, keep going wherever you guys are at. We, you know, God is calling you, God, we... We respect the calling that God has given you at that church, and God has you there for a reason. So keep it up, move forward, and uh, you guys can get in contact with us, whether for prayer or whatever. We're here, we're here definitely to listen to you guys. Yeah, definitely. And don't forget that all of these uh, notes and uh, things that we talked about, maybe even a little bit more in depth, will be posted to our website underneath the podcast notes. All right. Well, we go. We hope you guys have a great weekend, a great Sabbath, and we'll catch you guys next week. Yep. Yeah, see you next week, everyone.